Hello and welcome to the Miraculous Being series. I'm your host and self-awareness coach Shweta Shivraman and this is a show where we discover, learn and implement lessons from others' life journeys. Others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its true spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who work hard on themselves to reach where they are and are passionate in what they do. Today's speaker is someone who I had a chance to interact with purely by chance. Uh, on social media, I think, we, and a person who introduced me to Moon Circles and I also had the privilege to learn yoga from. So thank you so much for being here, Shelly, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Shweta, and I'm so honored to be here and contribute. So looking forward to our conversation today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners before we get started? Sure. Hi everyone, I'm Shaili and uh, I teach yoga and I also facilitate yoga nidra classes. Um, I'm into alternative healing uh, angel therapy sessions or as everybody knows it, angel card reading sessions. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to make the most of um, living in this uh, in this time right now and I think that um, it's such a nice um, it's such a nice way of contributing through this podcast and I'm so happy that I have this opportunity and uh, thank you for uh, I'm so glad that we had the chance to meet on social media because I feel like your page as well is so inspiring and I learn so much just from your posts and um, so yeah I'm just really happy to be here and contribute in any way that I can. I'm so glad to have you. And I think um, I experienced angel card reading as well. The first time we did uh, our moon circle, right? That's where we had had our first conversation. And yes, super glad to have you here. So like I'd mentioned in the show introduction, uh, this is purely focused on self-transformation. And uh, before we go deeper, just wanted to understand what would you probably say were your or pivotal moments in self-transformation? I think, uh, so I, I think for me, I've, I feel like I transform a little every single day, but I feel like the pivotal moments would probably be when I was um, kind of stepping into my yoga journey at uh, the time that, uh, before I stepped into being a yoga teacher, I think I was extremely confused. Um, I didn't know what my purpose was. I had many questions and um, I also had uh, many things that I wanted to do. So I feel like the whole process you know, of being confused, of finding my way, of um, you know, trying things that didn't work out and then finally doing my teacher training and realizing that you know, this is something that I want to do with my life. I think that whole process was extremely transforming for me and uh, yeah I think it's um, after that I feel like um, recently I think the whole this whole pandemic um, since 2020 has also been extremely transformative for me because uh, overnight I feel as for everybody else my life changed too. from teaching yoga, you know, with people in a community, in a class, in a studio, uh, I had to quickly switch to online. And for me, um, earlier I would 
I would never agree to teaching anybody online because I thought it was quite silly to be honest because uh, you know the whole the whole meaning of yoga you know the practice with the teacher is to be around that teacher to be around the community and to kind of you know facilitate that collective process and healing and transformation so it was really hard and i think it was also equally transformative because i kind of had to push myself through these limiting beliefs that i had about myself that i can't teach online or how will i be able to offer the service that i've been offering offline for so long so the whole process of that uh, really i think transformed me as a teacher where um i kind of realized that i can do it and uh, even though it it is a little different i now find it quite um enjoyable and uh, of course i miss teaching at a studio and i think i'm hoping that soon we can do that again but yeah i feel like this has been extremely transformative and not just in my career form but even um you know mentally emotionally there were many things that um kind of had to come to surface when this pandemic hit you know just as it affects everybody collectively i think it also affected everybody individually so i feel like um there was a lot of internal work that i also have been doing it's a journey but it kind of started uh through you know during 2020 through this this pandemic and um yeah i feel like it's i'm still in the process of you know feeling this transformation or kind of working through it right right uh, i love how you started off by saying that you know you're transforming a little by little every single day right it's not a one time uh, shift that you make you keep uh, working on yourself and personally i'm very grateful that uh, you overcame your limiting beliefs and thought online because i think otherwise uh, i wouldn't have had the chance to learn yoga from you so super glad for that uh, but one thing that stood out to me was what you said when your transformation journey that the start was extremely confusing right when you said that you really did not know who you were or what your purpose was and uh, that how did you manage that discovery when there was so much confusion about so the first thing i did was just try everything that i wanted to um so i had i i had once put in literature i had one foot in fashion i had one you know another hand in yoga another hand in alternative healing so it was like very confusing like what do i want to do um and also we are in a society where you have to think when you're starting off your career what is lucrative you know monetarily what is lucrative what is not you know and at the same time i also wanted to enjoy my job and i remember in school the one thing that i kept telling myself is that no matter what i do i want to wake up feeling like i want to start my day like i'm i'm happy to go to work i'm you know very joyful and excited to go to work i don't want to wake up and say that oh i have to go to work you know so i think that really kind of um pushed me to a place where i didn't settle till i felt like i had tried everything even though i was extremely confused and there were times that i questioned myself and i said why can't i just do everything but then the minute i started trying mm-hmm. out different avenues and you know got a taste of a little bit of everything 
I I went to fashion school for a year. Uh, after which I I did literature in college. Then I did a year of fashion, and then I did my teacher training. So after all of that, I feel like the minute I did my teacher training, there it something clicked, and it just made me feel like this is it. Like this is what I want to do. This is how I want to you know um, offer myself or whatever I know to the world through yoga. And um, yeah, since then it's been. Um, an ongoing journey but i would just say that for me confusion helped because i feel like confusion ultimately leads to clarity and sometimes you just have to allow yourself to be confused it's okay to be confused and it's okay to want to do so many different things because eventually that confusion will lead you to doing something that you're a little more tilted towards and i think you you always find that because it's an inner knowing more than anything right right beautiful i always keep saying this that confusing opens up possibilities right because if you're so okay and comfortable yeah. with everything you're not going to be seeking out for more absolutely right right so one of the things that probably stood out to me even in your yoga classes uh, shelly is how you balance uh, both the performing the asanas and actually doing them and also the restorative practices right there is enough focus on actually resting and uh, sinking in and just being in your uh, classes as well so what do you think is the role of this rest in our transformation and in our everyday lives so i think uh, rest is extremely important and i feel that even more so now only because we live in a world where you know you have to do 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 all the time like this we're so action oriented um a lot of us are taught to be more in our masculine ever since the time we are in school that you know you have to work hard to make your money you have to you know run around or you have to put in that effort like everything is efforting and while that may be important i feel like to balance out the nature of who we are rest is so important and i don't think there has been enough emphasis on restoration and i i feel like before you take flight or before you start a race there's always that moment where the coach will say ready set and you know you're you're on your knees and you're you're waiting and and that for me is is an is a very important pause that you know we all should pay attention to and kind of take our time with that because it's only once we uh, fully immerse ourselves in that pause and take that time can we truly kind of push ourselves into that flight into that momentum and usually we all start by just running and doing and pushing and grinding and then we burn out so i think today um with yoga nidra my my um only aim is to offer this practice so that people can um kind of find that balance between restoration and activation and even through my classes of yogasana um i mean you've been you've experienced that that we always start with something that's dynamic and then we the last half of the class is always slowing down because there are certain asanas that really facilitate your parasympathetic nervous system and once you step or tap into your parasympathetic 
that's when your body truly starts to repair and heal and um once you once you do you once you finish your restoration you always wake up feeling refreshed you know you don't feel burnout and i think to kind of work or or do achieve anything from that space is so wonderful it's lovely you you feel more efficient you can work more efficiently and um uh, one of my teachers said uh somebody i met in oroville actually uh said something very um interesting he said that our cells are so used to stimulation we're always stimulated whether it's through external stimuli like maybe it's uh interacting with media or people um you know we're always there's always something going on whether even if we're just running a household you know managing things managing everybody managing your family managing your work uh and then you come to the thoughts even our own thoughts and emotions stimulate us in a way that we don't understand even a simple thought can stimulate your nervous system to believing that you are in a flight of uh, flight or fight response so that in itself is so um um i wouldn't say aggressive but it is exhausting for our systems and we are used to being in autopilot or overdrive so this teacher said that our cells are so stimulated all the time that it's so important to kind of ease ourselves ease our body ease our nervous system and even few minutes of rest which is um i'll come into what true rest means in a minute can really do wonders to your physical system your mental body and your emotional body and um i just want to say um uh, the definition of rest this is by satyananda saraswati who is the founder of yognidra and he in his book describes that uh, rest actually scientifically uh, is the cessation of all external stimuli so for us rest would probably mean you know putting on a show on netflix or lazing in a couch or reading the newspaper or having a cup of coffee but that still is external stimulation you're still interacting with the media you're still taking in information you're still drinking something so you know everything is working your body is working your mind is working your nervous system is active so he says that in order to feel and experience true rest one should cut off completely from all that stimuli including light so light also mm-hmm. activates the pineal gland which is why when you do shavasana or when you do yoga nidra uh, the teacher will always tell you to maybe you know have your curtains drawn or have an eye mask on your eyes and make sure that you feel comfortable you are in um, an environment where you're not stimulated at all so i feel that's when right. your once your nervous system kind of slows down that's when you can truly understand what it is to relax or rest and we do um glimpse into this when we sleep so uh, between 10 pm and 2 am your body goes into the rest and repair mode and uh, that is it the body actually only needs those 1 to 2 hours where it actually truly rests and repairs 
Now, if we don't get that two hours, even though we sleep for 10 hours, you're not going to feel rested because your body is still somehow stimulated or your mind is. Which is why um, yoga nidra and doing a shavasana after your class is so important. And um, I think you must have heard me saying it in class that the, the last half of class is the most important half because that's when your body actually absorbs all the things that we have done in the first half. So I think rest is something that um, everybody you know, can incorporate in small ways, um, whether it's concentrating on your Shavasana at the end of the day or even if you don't practice yoga, just laying down on your mat uh, or on the floor and just connecting with the earth and just giving yourself 10 minutes of just being just being present, just being with the breath. And uh, of course, we do a lot of that in yoga nidra. So um, mm-hmm. that's a guided practice. But yeah, that's basically my view on rest. Right. Thank you for clarifying the definition because I think uh, we've misinterpreted the word rest in so many ways. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah. always still consuming. Like, you know, even scrolling social media is considered rest because you're really technically chilling. You're not doing anything there. But oh, yeah. uh, all of that is consuming information. And uh, and yeah. I've got to tell you, Supadh Konasan is like uh, my go-to practice yeah. at the end of every day. I feel so, so rejuvenated every time I do that and come back. Yeah. Uh, and and it's strangely it's like a reset you know despite a long day uh, once I do that and I'm back up I feel energized to do a lot more after that and I find that very uh, interesting how it works yeah no absolutely that's that's the whole point of doing restorative asanas where you feel comfortable and rested so that you can move on with your day or function more efficiently and, and talking about yoga, I think um, one thing also that I remember, I think it was you mentioning it somewhere on social media where you said uh, you don't recommend saying yoga asanas for weight loss or yoga asanas for back pain specifically. And you always encourage yoga as a lifestyle. Uh, what do you mean when you say that yoga is a lifestyle? So I think uh, the way yoga has um, evolved in today's day and age Uh, We see a lot of us uh, trying to um, knowingly or unknowingly copy the West. And um, there's a lot of focus on the physicality of the pose or the practice, so much so that we've forgotten our roots. We've forgotten that our rishis and sages um, actually practiced yoga only so that they could sit in meditation. It was literally just, you know, a practice to open up the body, loosen up the body so that they could sit for long periods of time in sadhana, in meditation. Mm -hmm. And their entire lifestyle was uh, in union. So yoga, to break up the word, it means literally means union or to yoke or to join. And yoga as a lifestyle, I would say, is that having your, in everything that you do, your entire world, should be coming into a union. So um, union of the body, mind and soul, union of your actions, thoughts and being and doing. So everything is integrated. And I think uh, yoga in itself teaches you over time to be integrated. And I think that's what mainly our sages and rishis were trying to pass down that 
encouraging us to do the yoga asanas but to also incorporate uh, everything else that we do as a whole system to connect with the five elements which is in nature and recognize those five elements within our body and um, the integration of all of that you know what would be the manifestation is yoga so i think uh, yoga as a lifestyle would basically in today's day and age mean that um, you integrate your sleeping habits your eating habits your lifestyle the media you consume the friends you hang out with uh, everything your mental chatter it all has to integrate it should integrate in a way which is uh, united so it's like your your mind says something and your body does something else you know so that that disparity in itself is what causes you know afflictions or rittis or disease or you know anything that isn't or imbalance so yoga in a sense aims at bringing all of that together to integrate that so i think um to put it very simply yoga as a lifestyle is full integration full integration of your whole entire world of your life right beautiful right so it's not just one aspect of you know working out the physical body dynamically but every other aspect of your life from thoughts to actions and behavior so i i love that thank you yeah. for sharing that yeah um yeah, you know the question that also comes to my mind is that now uh, it feels like almost um, the entire world is sort of in that phase of awakening right with covid um, there's a lot more focus on pausing and reflecting and uh, uh how do you see this with um, with relation to the work that you do or with yoga and rest and transformation how do you see covid shifting that so i think covid has definitely um have me rest more and reflect more for sure and i think the whole idea of a forced pause like the whole world was forced to stop um the whole world was was forced to kind of reflect and to change and it, i think that in itself is very transformative and it can be i mean of course if you see it it's all mm-hmm. about how you see this change it, it has been very tough it has been um extremely crucial for a lot of people and um i think in terms of my my work or or my life i feel like covid has uh, definitely shaken up my reality in many ways um especially the relationship with myself and um my self defeating beliefs and the way i uh, it really made me think of how do i really want to express myself in the world if if this is how it's going to be if everything is going to come to being online uh, how am i going to offer myself um how can i do that something that i had never even dreamed of and um not going to work you know having work from home that is also tough for a lot of people because then the boundaries get blurred you know when where do you separate work and and home time so um i think the the process of finding a balance in all of this has been a uh, very illuminating for me and um i think covid can be taken as um a blessing in the sense 
because if we were going to go on this way as a collective as humanity we would truly destroy our earth and i think the when when we did stop and pause and when this happened we there were, it was all over the news right that you know there were uh, the 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 earth looked more green from google photos there were you know fish and and dolphins that were not coming into a certain territory were actually swimming freely because there was no dirt there was no um you know we were not dirtying the waters we were indoors there was less noise pollution there was less air pollution and i think that that really gives us a glimpse into it's like the universe is showing us the mirror and saying hey you guys need to look at what you've been doing and kind of now take accountability for it and and say that okay we need to make a difference in our own little way whether it's at home where you kind of you know uh, segregate your waste or don't use plastic these are very small things that you know we can all start doing and it's so amazing how so many people when when the pandemic hit started uh sharing their stories started sharing the little ways that they were making a difference um i started thc the healing circle actually w- when we went into lockdown because i was actually you know planning it and i didn't i didn't know when i was going to to uh launch it but it just felt like the right time and it all just fell in together and i know so many people who you know quit their jobs uh and are actually doing what they really want to do because it gave us time to pause and reflect that um am i am i in the right job is this job really satisfying me emotionally mentally okay maybe it's making me a lot of money but am i am i happy so all of these questions so i think covid really made us all question question everything question our life question our choices question uh our goals where do we want to go from here you know and i think that has really um if you look at it from that perspective i think that in itself is evolution like that in itself is humanity taking that step forward um one step forward into their well-being and also when it comes to health a lot of people realize that um now is the time that you have to look after yourself because if there's a virus going around town you want to be protected you want to do everything that you can to keep yourself healthy so today if a person today a person would think twice that what do i want to do with that extra half an hour maybe a meditation maybe i want to go for a run maybe i want to you know watch what i'm eating maybe i want to change my lifestyle just so that i feel better and i can you know um basically not just survive but thrive so i think um that's basically how i would see covid right um beautiful i think uh, i think it's been a big pause and a reflection for a lot of people and uh, uh, going back to the metaphor of the race that you gave right maybe uh, this is that pause that will fly in a different trajectory uh, not the one where we are headed Absolutely. but maybe a bit more conscious a bit more aware uh, interesting yeah great yeah great. so one thing that i would uh, probably ask here is that uh, how do you see um, you know the you you said you would do a lot of work in alternative healing and uh, angel card and the connection and how do you see this uh, connection to the spirit uh, in reference to one's own self transformation so i think um so i think everything is energy right like um we are energy in matter so 
even the laptop, even all inanimate objects like tables, chairs, our phones, you know, everything is actually energy. So even our spirit, that is what we call our soul, our Atma, is in a physical body. And I think that in itself um, is the first way to uh, recognize that it's not just matter. There is more to what the eyes can see. And um, the, the easiest way to kind of tap into that is... Uh, you know to notice sensations and feelings like sometimes we have experiences that we cannot describe um you know there are feelings that we can't put into words um and in the same way there are a lot of things that we can't put into words for example god so if i ask you that have you seen god if i ask anybody who's super religious and who believes in god have you seen god and they would say no we haven't seen him but then I would ask them, why do you believe in him? And they would say, because I do. Maybe because it's what you've grown up listening to. Or maybe because, uh, you know, you feel like God sits in a temple. Or maybe you believe that, you know, you were in a lot of pain one day and you asked for help. And, you know, a stranger came and helped you. And you say, that was God for me. So this it's the same thing with angels and spirits. I feel like, uh, you know, many people would question you know, why? Like, how How can you say that angels exist? How can you say that there's a connection to the spirit realm? And I would say, why not? Just as one would believe in God without a body, uh, why not believe in angels and, you know, other spirits, guiding spirits? Um, and angels come from, uh, in every Abrahamic religion, uh, every script like the Bible, the Quran, uh, you know, even in, um, I don't know what the religious Jew Jewish book is called, but it's, it's all mentioned. The angels are all mentioned in that book. So, um, Catholic, according to the Catholics, um, it's Archangel Michael. In the Quran, he's known as Mikhail, you know. So, there are different names, but they all are mentioned. And um, uh, angels are basically, um, they don't have a body, they are Spirit. They, they are basically spiritual spirit beings that um, follow a law of non-interference and they actually will help you only if you ask for help. So you can connect to the angels in the most informal way um, where you don't have to pray to them like how you would pray to God but you can talk to them as a friend and ask them for guidance and there are different angels for different things like Michael is the protector that he's the most famous angel archangel and he's called as God's right hand man Raphael is the healer so if there's anything that you need healing with physical or mental or emotional he's the healer Gabriel is um, for people who are in the creative business for people who are writers and you know if you have a you know a, a block with writing you can call upon Gabriel Uriel is the one who shows you the, um, the light, who will light up your pathway um, whenever you feel like you are confused or you, you don't know which way to go. So like that, there are different angels for different purposes and we all have an angelic team uh, that we can't see, um, but we can feel their support if we ask them for help. So that's one thing that um, is very important to know about the angels that they will never ever 
interfere in your life unless you want them to. They will never help you unless you ask them for help. So I think that mainly is um, my work with the angels and just to kind of, uh, you know, have people know that this is, um, you know, it's real. Like um, when you when you start to connect with the angels and talk to them, you can really feel or use them in your in your journey and, and they can really help you transform your life for the better. And they are unconditional beings, uh, unconditional beings of love because they will never judge you. They will never tell you that you have to do this or force you to do this. That's always your egoic mind or your, your ego mind that will tell you that, you know, you have to do this or you should not have done this. Angels will always guide you in a way that feels very, very easy, like a feather's touch or an awareness or a thought. So I feel like that is um, that is something that uh, is, and it's really magical once you kind of start your communication, once you start communicating with the angels, you really can't miss it anymore. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's something like that. And uh, I think it's a great way of incorporating, um, you know, them into your life and, you know, to help you with anything that you may need. Right, right. Um, beautiful. And I, I completely agree with you where you say that, you know, once you see them, you really cannot unsee them because uh, your entire perspective towards life and living changes uh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Shelly, for sharing all of these honest um answers um but uh, before we let you go we do have a rapid fire plan so are you ready for it sure yeah <laughs> right so the rules are plain and simple of course the first thought that comes to your head um and um i'll start with a couple of easy questions okay how would you um define yourself rational or intuitive intuitive okay um, morning person or night owl morning person now <laughs> after yoga <laughs> i like the caveat of now okay yeah. uh, punchful or always behind schedule always behind schedule <laughs> That's something I'm working on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, this should be interesting. Um, uh, would you uh, asanas or pranayama? Hmm. I think pranayama in asanas. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. And um, what's your ideal weekend? Um, reading a book or hitting the club? Uh, definitely reading a book because no clubs are open right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I think both. I think uh, it's nice to have both, uh, a little bit of both. But I think definitely right now reading a book. Right. 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 Interesting. Um, let's go on to the harder ones now. Uh, one lesson you'll probably tell your younger self. Hmm. Fear is an illusion. Is, is, is it one sentence or do I need to? No, you can expand it. Please go ahead. 
yeah so i think um the, like the last year i feel like it's for me personally it's been a lot about facing my fears and um i think as a child i've always been very oh i wouldn't say fearful but maybe cautious or or always felt like that fear stemmed or the fear was leading me to doubt myself a lot and um i think this whole entire the last two years have just been me uh pushing myself gently towards facing those fears whether a very silly example is is uh, making a video and posting it on social media um i i like if you would ask me you know a few years ago i i would just i'm the most shy person who is very camera shy and who doesn't feel confident enough to put myself out there and i feel like um when it came to the pandemic and when everything switched online when i started my page i i was petrified to even go on a live or even to do this podcast it's you know for me any kind of public speaking uh, or putting myself in a spotlight is extremely nerve-wracking but i feel like the more i practiced it and the more my my intention and my desire to to really kind of offer what i need to to the world and i knew that it's now more than ever that people would want to hear this and see this and accept this offering um i started pushing myself little by little and you know so that's something that i feel like uh i'm still in the process of doing but definitely um i think fear is one thing that i would tell my younger self you know um that fear is definitely an illusion so right so powerful uh, i think i'm going to remember that fear is an illusion one habit or practice that you'd say had the biggest influence in your life i think um waking up early in the morning and just having that one hour of whatever it is that i want to do so for me it would be practicing yoga um or even sometimes just sitting and writing journaling or meditating or even just giving yourself those 5 minutes before you jump into your day to just be and to not have to not do anything to not rush to not allow your mind to go into different you know tangents before you start your day that oh this is i have to do this i have to do that i haven't done this you know just before you get into that um and another great way of doing this is not looking at your phone the first thing you wake up in the morning i think that is life changing <laughs> and uh if you can like i i remember i would um before i i before the pandemic hit and i would go to the studio to practice and to teach i wouldn't see my phone till 12 from 6 a.m to 12 in in the afternoon i wouldn't look at my phone unless i have to make a call or whatever and it was so so uh refreshing because then you're really with your own voice you're really present and i feel like you can do any practice in the morning that you know just gives you those few minutes of true presence that will really change the way your day flows i'm a huge endorser of no phone in the first one hour of waking up and yeah i completely agree I know I've seen that on your page and it changes For your sure. entire flow of the day. Yeah. Um a person you admire the most and probably what you learned from them. 
I think my mother, I admire her the most. Um, and also my guru, my teacher. Um, I feel like they both have been very, um, played a very pivotal role in my life, in my journey. And my mom is also into alternative healing and um, just watching her like for all of us like you know mums are a role model only because of what they have achieved and um, I feel like just just looking at her running the house, running the family, managing everything, being the multitasker, um, there's so much to learn and of course there's so, there's so much that I have learned from her journey, from her struggles. Um, you know, and just watching that transformation in her um, has really, you know, um, made me feel like in awe of her and, and I really look up to her for that. And and my teacher, um, he's the most integrated person that, uh, you know, you will ever meet. And I think the true sense of yoga and he's taught me more about yoga, yoga as life than yoga asana i mean that anyone can teach you but just how to be so damn integrated in every sense is what i learned from him and these two people in my lives are just it's it's who they are they don't really do anything to show that it's just them being who they are that has inspired me so much beautiful and so so powerful right just a way of being uh, inspiring others to be a different person yeah absolutely right and and today's guru purnima also when we're recording that's uh be- um it's lovely oh how yes you that it, is. it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. beautiful uh if i were to ask you three must-haves in your daily routine what would that be yoga asana for sure i think uh meditation or yoga nidra or any kind of stillness and music I think you know just listening to music can I think music really does change the world makes the world go round for sure mm-hmm. uh, and and I want to add uh, a good book I think uh, reading a good book uh, can really really you know um, I think must have yeah beautiful beautiful and while we're on the books um, what would you be your top three books if you had to pick Top three would definitely be The Celestine Prophecy. Um, This is for people who want to, uh, you know, kind of understand um, life beyond the physicality of it. Like we spoke of spirit and matter. And I feel like if you truly want to understand that, this book is written as fiction and it comes under fiction. But there are so many golden truths and insights into this book. I think... I can read it over and over again and, and I have read it twice already and every time, the second time that I read it, it just was watering different things in me. So each time you read it, it will water something different in you. So definitely Celestine Prophecy. Um, I also love 40 Rules of Love by Elif Shafak. Um, it's a beautiful book about Rumi and um, his partner or his guru or mentor, Shams of the Blues. And if you want to understand Rumi, then read this book because then you can definitely, you will understand where his poetry comes from, where that love comes from. So that's my second. And my third, I think, would be um, Biology of Belief. I think that's a 
powerful book by Bruce Lipton. Um, he talks about how your beliefs can change your biology because at the end of the day, it's that mind-body connection, that spirit and you know matter connection. That um, whatever you kind of mentally um, affirm to is going to create your reality. So if you believe that you are unhealthy and you, your mental chatter is like a tape recorder in your mind that I'm unhealthy even while you're eating something and you keep guilting yourself saying I'm unhealthy, I shouldn't do this it's going to create some kind of imbalance in your life it's going to create a, stum- a, a you know, an upset stomach so this is a very basic example but he goes into details about it and his entire life's research and how he was one of the scientists who was not really um, you know um, uh, he wasn't really encouraged in his time when he came out with this work that said that you know you genetics does not matter it's actually your beliefs that can change your biology your whole genetic makeup so it's it's a very interesting book so yeah i definitely recommend that interesting i'm gonna get to one and three some point soon but i think uh what you said last right with all these study of epigenetics yeah. i think they're get, getting to prove that uh with science as well that our beliefs change definitely okay so this might be tricky for you uh but what is your go-to asana oh shavasana <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a total total sucker for like any kind of rest, um, but I also feel like um, I I I gravitate more towards if especially now in my life I gravitate more towards rest and restoration, only because I feel like my body needs it. Like on most days, um, my practice is not very dynamic. Of course, I I do dynamic stuff to begin with, mm-hmm. but. My go-to for anything, if I am, you know, feeling down or if I've just had a bad day or if I'm just too much into my head, you know, which we always are. It's just human nature to like just analyze, think, overthink, you know, you're so much into your head. The the, the, the most simple thing and the most efficient thing that I can do is just lay down and just, you know, just like, I just let everything go and surrender to earth. So I feel like, yeah, my go-to asana is shavasana. I think I could use some of that Which is also the toughest pose, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, um, um, when I went for my, when I went to the Iyengar Institute recently, uh, the teacher over there, he very nicely said that shavasana is actually the most difficult pose. Because today, it's so hard for us to let go and to surrender to anything, you know, that going into a Shavasana is is not that easy. And I feel like maybe even for me in the beginning, you know, to, to do Yoga Nidra was not that easy, you know, to not move for so long. But I always enjoyed it. And um, it's really nice to, to see it as a perspective, to start your yoga class. Um, this is what I do. Uh, I start my class, you know, with with movement and you know where you're 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 doing your dynamic things, you're sweating, you're you know you're doing your asanas, and then at the end of the day, you are kind of detaching yourself. You're moving towards your from action. You're moving to restoration. 
and it's also known as the two pillars abhyas and vairagya so um abhyas means to study mm-hmm. so i always see my yoga class as your your in it you're studying you're doing your movements you're doing your asanas you're doing you know holding and breathing and all of that and then you're moving into vairagya to shavasana where you're just letting go you're letting go of any attachment to any of those poses that you've done you know and you're just completely being in allowance so i feel like um i feel like that if you know if you if you look at shavasana like that like you know you're going from uh being attached or being being in total action to being in total detachment and total relaxation right so yeah that's just something i wanted to add beautiful beautiful and i feel personally attacked i think uh, even letting go and surrendering is something that even i'm working on because you're so on the go right even if i were to rest you when you rest you start suddenly remember 10 other things you have to do and you suddenly get back to it because you're like oh gosh you'll forget again yeah okay now me ask you this um one habit that makes you healthier happier and productive what would that be uh definitely the re- most recent habit that i've been incorporating is checking myself every time i am uh judging myself or being overly self critical or going into this self defeating mental chatter that you know okay i today supposing i didn't do this or i failed at something you know immediately our minds just go into that you know loop of like oh my god you know you should have done this this way or you should not have done this so you know all of that you know and it's it's always there like we we don't realize that our mental chatter is constantly telling us of how we either can do better or how we should not have done this or how this should be this way or you know it's there's never any satisfaction like nothing is ever enough so i feel like that is something that is a practice that has really really helped me and just checking myself every time i slip into that mental chatter that you know bashing myself up for something i just stop and i'm like no it's fine like you know just being an allowance of me screwing up being an allowance mm-hmm. of me not getting it right being an allowance of me you know um you know not having my day progress the way i want to or whatever you know so yeah that's right mm-hmm. beautiful so just being aware of our thoughts and how we speak to ourselves Yeah. So I call the voice in my head belittler because it just comes and just continuously keeps belittling yes. me. So now I have a name for it. I'm like, no, yeah, I will not let you and have my way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, if you've seen the movie Luca, uh, you should watch it. It's it's a really good animated film. I was watching it with a friend, and in that film, because you said belittler. it reminded me because the one of there are two characters the main characters and one of the character is kind of like very enthusiastic and adventurous and the other character is very shy and timid and you know doesn't is cautious doesn't want to kind of you know push himself into that so he says something that really stuck with me he told that you know his friend that every time you have that voice in your head that's that is making you fearful or doubting yourself you know he he would say silencio bruno you know like silencio like silence silencing his mental voice who he calls bruno like how you call mm-hmm. it be little so it's an italian film like it's uh, they have this italian accent so he says silencio bruno so you know i feel like that's what i also remind myself every time i do that i just tell myself silencio bruno <laughs> 
so it's quite interesting. interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. One last question for you, Shali. Um, what is the one thing that you would probably want the listener to take away from our conversation today? Uh, very hard considering how many things we spoke about but i know there's <laughs> there's a lot but i feel like uh one thing that i would um want you like whoever's listening to take away is that um i think just the just being present um in whatever you do like from just moment to moment being utterly present whether it's um even even if you're watching netflix you know we always even while watching netflix we're so distracted you know on our phones <laughs> checking social media somebody's calling you know so um just being super present whether you are working or whether you are having a conversation with a friend or whether you're netflixing or whether whatever it is that you're doing um just being absolutely present and if you can't if for some reason you can't feel present uh one exercise that i always do with myself is that if i'm sitting i'll just become aware of my sitting bones i'll feel my butt resting on the surface i'll feel my legs crossed i'll feel my feet on the floor if i'm sitting on a chair um you know i'll just take my awareness to my bodily sensations drop into your body what do you feel do you feel light do you feel heavy is there tightness in my shoulder okay i'm i'm aware of the tightness in my shoulder i'm aware of like my slight headache i'm aware that i'm hungry you know so these little little sensations when you take your awareness to that it automatically makes you more present and i think that um you can do this practice you can close your eyes you can keep your eyes open um give yourself 30 seconds to just become come back to this now moment because we are either regretting the past or worrying about the future and then in that process we never are truly present and i think all practices whether it's yoga whether it's anything that you do especially yoga it, it is the whole fundamental quality is to come into the present moment to unite yourself completely in this now moment because if you are rooted in your now you can create anything you can create magic there are so many possibilities you know so i feel like that's something that i would want to give away because that's something i've been also working on myself that to be utterly present every single moment no matter what i'm doing even if i'm totally depressed or sad or like you know crying my eyes out or you know just having a release like being absolutely present with that emotion with that feeling even being present with having a bad day so yeah that's just something that we want to give away beautiful beautiful thank you thank you so much shelly i think um I personally love the conversation. Uh, I always love our conversations, uh, but I'm sure uh, this will be uh, great for our listeners as well. And there are so many takeaways that I have personally, and I'm sure others will find so much value. So thank you so much. Uh, I know you're camera shy, but you still came up and shared your uh, thoughts with us. Uh, thank you so much for making that exception. Also, we are not at uh, all truly, truly glad. 
Now that all, I'm so happy and honored that uh, you invited me to this podcast, and I feel like there's so much that I learned from you and your page as well. Um, and I'm just so grateful that we could meet um, on social media and you know just uh, kind of bounce off each other's good vibrations. And um, so grateful for you to have started your page. I think it's it it really makes a difference to me when I see your posts, and I'm sure that so many other people benefit from it. And yeah, just thank you so much. I appreciate thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you.